It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. How good is Australia? Have a go. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Get a job. Have a go. To start a business. Start a family to buy a home. Have a go. Have a go. And get a fair go when they have that go. Get a job. Work hard. Work hard. Work hard. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. This is the best country in the world in which to work hard. Work hard. G'day, welcome to another episode of the Have A Go podcast. Thanks for listening once more. Hope you're doing well. My name is Dave Edwards and I'm joined as always by co-host Dane Eldridge. Dane, welcome. Thanks, mate. It's great to be here as we uh, don the black armbands again and eulogise Australia. I've got two black armbands on today, personally. <laughs> um, it's a sad day for Australia. Double, no. double the melancholy. So today we're talking about the number one issue for Australians. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not talking about climate change. I'm not talking about COVID. No. I'm not talking about the Republican debate. No. None of that. No. These all pale in comparison. That's right. Don't mean anything compared to this one. When it comes to everyone's favourite subject, the economy. The Mate, economy. How good's our economy? Mate, it's bloody good. I mean, look, it's... We've we got it good here, don't we? We do, mate. Look, you, mate, you get a pothole fix like that in this yeah. country. You know what I mean? We've got it really well. We've got it... We're really well off here. I mean, we're one of the most envious economies in the Western world and unparalleled golden run, which has stretched for almost three decades until yep. COVID hit. But even we bounced out COVID, didn't we? And I'm pretty sure that uh, everything's back and fine now uh, from mm. what I take anyway. Well, I mean, like, scoo burgers are still eight bucks at the local. Yeah. I don't know if that's uh, any any real indicator. <laughs> but, but yeah, some guy, some suit from Comsec said it was okay, so it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Tom Petrovsky, was that the guy at Comsec that said it was okay? Yeah, I think so. They kind of all blend into one, don't yeah. they? But they look well, fantastic. he doesn't because, you know, he, he's very uh, different. He's got <laughs> yes. an edgy beard and long hair kind of combination right. with a suit. It's what I like in a... In a market analyst. Um, <laughs> mate, honestly, and I'm going to be upfront here with the listeners, I don't know what the fuck the economy is. Oh, I've got no idea. No idea. But we're going to have a crack. Yep. We're going to have 22 minutes of loose chat and we'll see where we get to. So as I said in the intro, yep. the economy is the number one issue yes. for Australians. Mm-hmm. So I looked at some stats. 26% of Australians say the economy has the greatest influence on their vote. Wow. Followed okay. by health and aged care at 16%, COVID 16%, and only 11% said climate change. Mm. So we are, as you said, the envy of the Western world, mm. uh, but we were hit hard during COVID. We've bounced back, haven't we? We certainly have. I mean, we, we had a very uh, robust economy um, mm. prior to COVID. Uh, you know, it's been smoothly run by the government all these years. And, and by that, I mean the government being uh, Rio Tino, BHP and the big four banks. Yep. Uh, They've done kept, a good job. They have. They've mm. kept us kept us afloat. But uh, yeah, we certainly took a hit. Um, uh, it was the first recession in three decades, mate. And for right. uh, as I said, as we said before, we don't really understand the economy, but I do know what a recession is. It's when GDP shrinks uh, for two consecutive quarters. Right. Now, I'm going to resist the temptation to make a penis joke there and um, just move on. But yeah, from what I see, mate, my, my barista's wearing a new politics shirt now. Um, okay. You know what I mean? Then the news cycle's moved on to the vaccine and war crimes. So I'm pretty sure that um, all the economic blues from COVID are gone. Yeah. And I think the home builder scheme has also ensured plenty of gigs for builders, yep. which is always really important. I think yep. the cost of timber might have gone up by 700% okay. as a result of that uh, due to a spike in demand, but that must be a good thing. So we're uh, boosting the economy thanks to Radiata Pine. <laughs> exactly. Always said that. Uh, mate, let's have a quick look, and it's going to be quick, mm-hmm. through the history of Australia's economy and how we got to where we are, wherever that is. Yep. So when the first fleet arrived, mm-hmm. one of their first tasks was to start growing crops, basically. We needed to be a self-supporting colony. Yep. Um, so agriculture was big, early doors. Yep. 
Um, so wool and those other rural commodities were sent back to Britain and other European markets. Right. Okay. Um, so that's where it all started. Yes. Yes. And Pretty grassrootsy back, stuff back then. It was. And you look back at the photos of, of those times, and everyone was um, quite well dressed, and would probably not look out of place in a in a Melbourne um, coffee shop these days. So mm. yeah, I think I think it was um, uh, the economy was based on gold, rum, and beard oil. Yeah, uh, um, and then the gold rush came, and uh, yeah, we had plenty that. of beard oil going around then in the gold rush era. That's right, a lot of bushy think... beards on the gold fields. Yeah, exactly. And not good for a hot climate, but no. um, doesn't seem to didn't seem to worry them. But a lot of synergies uh, with the gold rush to today's mineral boom. Right. Um, as we see, uh, pretty much because I think everything even was owned by Gina Reinhardt back then as well. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, not much has changed no. across the across the journey. Well, mate. well, the gold rush finished in what the 1860s, and then we just went straight back to wool, basically. <laughs> Um, then not much happened between then and Federation. So Federation kicked off, obviously, the creation of the Commonwealth in 1901. Yes. So we've got that unified single Australian market. Mm, mm. Um, that helped kind of get rid of the interstate tariffs. That's right. An interesting well. fact from that, though, mate, uh, when Federation came along, we're all in this together, I believe was the yep. catch cry. I think Ben Lee wrote the song for that part yep. campaign as well. But did you know that the, the Vicks actually tried to maintain their tariffs back then for yeah, imports from Jesus. interstate? You know what I mean? That's that's a bit bloody protectionist, isn't it? Goes yeah. goes against their um their very uh, woke uh, mm, woke socialism, demeanor, doesn't it? So yeah. uh, maybe they shouldn't tut tut us. Stop tut tutting us, Victoria. <laughs> uh, so manufacturing ramped up in the twentieth century, mate. Early yes. in the twentieth century, and particularly after the Second World War, actually, and mm. you know the automotive industry, the electronics, iron and steel. Obviously, mm. off the back of World War Two, there was migration yep. from war-torn countries. Australia became more multicultural. Yep. Uh, fast track to the 1970s. I mean, Whitlam started making some tariff cuts to manufacturing, mate. And that's mm. when it all kind of went south, I think. Yeah, that was that was bad. I mean, uh, especially the textiles um, and uh, clothing industry. I mean, you know, once the manufacturing boom occurred prior to that, you could finally get a, a chambray shirt and some RMs without needing the checkbook. Yeah. And then Goff just came along and just blew all that out of the water. We don't make anything anymore, mate. No, we don't. It hurts made... me. Does it hurt? You. It hurts me. It hurts John Williamson. It hurts yeah. us all. I mean, he's written songs about it. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, look. Uh, then there was nineteen eighties a deregulation. Yeah. And again, I, I'll just put a disclaimer out there. I, I don't know anything about the economy. Yeah. I'm basically just um, taking all my cues from uh, Ross Greenwood, Alan Kohler, and uh, Koshi. Yeah. So, however they look in the morning is how my my consumer confidence rules. But, but on the plus side of that, when we floated the dollar, we got to see how he stacked up against the greenback. Yeah. And I always yeah. enjoy seeing how the AUD is performing. Yeah. Is there really any other dollar? Or, or currency to, to market against. I mean, other than kicking the shit out of the NZD, NZD. I don't know why, maybe. I always feel proud when it's up against the greenback. Yeah. I don't even know if that's actually good for the economy. <laughs> I think it's actually bad in some respects. <laughs> yeah, because doesn't it work two ways? It's like, yeah. oh, well, it's good if you go overseas, but you know, yeah, if you each wanted... way, yeah, each way right. elbow, yeah. each way dollar. Uh, so moving into modern times, I mean, there's the GFC. Yeah, that, yeah. That hit a lot of countries hard. Mm. Not so much Australia. We kind of got away with it. I mean, there was some. Uh, so there was a stimulus package that was rolled out then. Mm. I mean, that was a great time for the flat screen TV industry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, there was a lot of pessimistic reporting around that at mm. the time, wasn't there? I mean, the GFC was going was gonna to sink us. But, yeah. um, you know, like uh, Kevin Rudd brought out the economic stimulus package and I think it was the first time that the rank and file really felt part of the economy at that time. Yep. You know, like, I buy TV, economy good. You know mm. what I mean? That was the yeah. kind of link. Jerry Harvey got us through the GFC, didn't he? <laughs> flat screen saved Australia. I mean, recently he came under fire for not paying back uh, JobKeeper. Yeah, Fuck right. Fuck me, we've forgotten how important those high sense TVs were to Australia. That's right. It was, in, it was 
2008. <laughs> the high sense boom. Um, yeah. I didn't even mention this before, but before G- the, the GFC was the mining boom, mm, um, which carried mm. on for many years under Howard. The, the glory years. Yeah. Howard Costello. Did you feel like the adults were in the room back then? Oh, didn't we ever? And, and we're still just living in the warm glow of that, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, there's, we, we're never going to like really um, give that up. I mean, no. I've actually had a look and there's a, there's a table online which talks about uh, the mining boom and, and how much um, minerals we actually have left. Because mm. let's be honest, we've been gutting the fuck out of this country for a long time. Surely it has to run out soon. But yeah. apparently we've got over a thousand years left of iron ore, so let it rain. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I don't know. How... What a thousand? How, how many years? A thousand years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it just like when you kind of put your your measuring stick in your in your oil tank in, <laughs> in, your, in your car? Like if it gets up to the level, it's like oh, if there's some there, then we've got enough. Yeah. Let's let's go on a four hour journey. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's look at today. So we, you know, we touched on COVID before, and you know, the first recession in decades. Mm. I mean, if we think about it, I mean, our parents never had to go through this shit. No, I mean, they it's didn't. tough these days. If you've got a job, you're, you know, you're working, you're going through COVID, you're working from home, you're, you're juggling kids. Mm. It's a difficult time for Australians. It certainly at is. At the moment. And you know what, mate? You know, I know that, again, I know fuck all about the economy, but working's a pretty big, um, pretty big pillar. Mm. But Australians are some of the hardest working people in the world. We work some of the longest hours uh, known to man. And we've actually fought for the eight-hour day. I don't know if you're aware, but there's actually a, a monument in Melbourne called the Triple Eight Monument, which actually um, commemorates the time that we uh, that we uh, got the eight-hour day locked in. Right. So we've got one in Melbourne, Triple Eight Monument. There's one in Sydney too. It's a in a haymarket pokey den. Right. Um, I was say Triple Eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we've got Bogans thriving on Bitcoin as well. So, yeah, right. so but look, look, COVID was bad, but mm. um, how good was Josh Frydenberger? Oh, Frydenberg, man. sorry, Frydenberger. <laughs> I mean, he, he kept it together with duct tape, yeah. didn't he? You know, job seeker, job keeper, tax cuts. I mean, it was probably, uh, if anything, COVID was a good time to be unemployed. Yeah. Mm. I mean, what do you think about treasurers coming out there? I mean, uh, for me, a treasurer is the person that manages the budget. Yeah. It's just Australia's a spreadsheet. We've said it before. <laughs> um, I don't want to see our treasurer out doing press interviews. I want to see him in front of a, a, a computer monitor just mm. using formulas on Excel, sorting out the budget, sorting out the books. If anything, if I just want to see Josh Frydenberg in binary code. That's yeah. all I want to see. Anyway, mate, I don't know much, mm. but I know that if we lose our AAA credit rating, we're in trouble. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. once the blokes at Standard & Poor's knock us down to AA, we're in strife. Yeah, I've always thought that. And I'm hearing that S&P has us on a negative outlook. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Where'd you get that? Well, I read it online. Okay. <laughs> it must be and true. And I've never heard that to be false. But is that like just when we get like a negative podcast review? <laughs> You know, it just sits there for ages, staring us in the face. So, And it's like it floats to the top of the bloody um, yeah. search as well. So, you yeah. know, you could get 100 good reviews and then some dickhead gives you two stars yeah. and it goes to the top. I assume it's the same for bonds. Yeah, exactly. And why aren't we calling in the government bonds? I yeah. don't know. You know, and also what about some uh, lashing some coin from the Yanks at mates rates? We should be sorting that out, shouldn't we? Yeah, definitely. And also as well, I mean, look, um, jobs are everything, right? We need jobs and growth. I mean, uh, I don't know why we just can't create more jobs. Why not just expand the public service? Yeah. We might have some suggestions on how to fix the economy later. Okay. But I mean, all they've just got to do is make it look good, don't they? Look good on a whiteboard, sort the fuel out. The fuel prices, the Bowser index. I mean, I've got no idea what's doing macroeconomically around oil, but just keep it sub 130, please. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, I've got to pump this stuff into the atmosphere, okay? Yeah. And I want to, don't want to do it at any more than $1.40. No. 
I mean, we've got the minerals to fall back on though, don't we? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we always have that. And the AUD. I mean, uh, like I said before, it's um, it's a fickle thing. I don't mm. know how it works, but I just know as long as we're beating New Zealand and we're somewhere near parity with America, then I'm happy. I mean, and this is a, this is the fickle nature of it, that the AUD is determined by, you know, traders, central banks, investment <laughs> firms, buying and selling, you know, shaping how much we pay for a bintang in Denpasar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's we don't really know what what the economy is doing, do we? I no. mean, let's be honest. You and I were taught we're saying a lot of words. I'm hearing a lot of words today, yep. but I'm not really learning anything or understanding what these words mean. No, no, not at all. I just know that it's precarious. But you know, one thing that isn't precarious is our minerals. No, not at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> Australia's good at digging. We're good with our hands, aren't we? Yeah, we definitely. You know, are. Australia is an unskilled labourer. Yes, it's that's is. what Australia is. It's a bloke who can help you move house, but you, if we mm. ask him to put together some IKEA furniture, he's got no fucking idea. Single fellas, yeah. been putting off joining a dating site? Yeah. Is that because you've got no phone credit or self worth? Yeah. Then why not try Budget Singles? Yeah. While our name is of major concern, you don't have a choice because you ain't got nobody. Trust Budget Singles. Our screening is based on honesty, meaning some of our singles may have a criminal record or a penis. But doesn't matter because you're so sad and low. Budget singles today because you've been at Wi Fi hotspots so long, you're unappealing and probably infertile. Looking for a job and don't know where to start? At bleak.com, we're the experts in false hope. Over 150,000 new jobs are posted on our website each week, and some of them are even real. Our algorithm is specifically designed to spit out completely unrelated jobs to the one you're searching for. 87% of the time, the job you're applying for has already been filled, with those companies simply adhering to a legal requirement the position be advertised publicly. We'll send you a demoralising automated email to let you know that 2,400 other people applied for the one you just sent off. Honestly, You'd be better off walking into the building and asking the boss for a job, just like your grandpa did, before going on to work for that same company for the next 50 years of his life. Except, you can't even do that, because we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Bleak.com. Because if you're on our website, you're fucking cooked. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Oh, Carl, stop faffing around. Round, round. Just say what you want to say. Isabel is have, have, having a baby, 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 and I am the father, father, father. I do realize, real, real, realize it's a big shock, 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 shock. <laughs> hey, life has a habit of doing that. Very pleased to welcome back to the show for another time, social commentator, comedian, Luke Heggie. Welcome to the show, mate. Oh, thanks for having me. Good afternoon, Australia. Uh, mate, this week we're talking about a, well, it's a topic that most Australians like to discuss on a daily basis. It's yeah. huge. It means everything to us. Um, it's one of our top concerns as Australians. Talking about the economy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the economy is, like most economic concepts, we do like to talk about it a lot. And yet, uh, it's beyond all battlers what the fuck it is. Oh, yeah. Like all us battlers want is a fair go for the average Aussie Joe at the Bowser. You know, I just, beyond that, I've, it scares me a bit change so i just want yeah. things to stay the same the economy to coast along and just not know much about it what's well, a big indicator of health isn't it when you see what the petrol price is on a tuesday 
If it's below 120, we're doing well. If mm. it's up above 150, we're fucked. Yeah. That's right. And then you expect to see Peter Curry from the uh, NRMA doing spots on the news about the trends in petrol and me acting like I know what he's talking about. Mm. Well, yeah, since they stopped price coercion, it's a lot harder to fucking predict what's going on mm. in the economy. Oil mm. barrels. So, Are they actual go... barrels of oil? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like... I think Caltech is now Ampol again. So that's good because that's going back to the past because I remember growing up when Ampol was a thing. Days. 85 cents a litre. Yep. I, won't, yeah. mm. I won't rest until Golden Fleece is back myself. But, um, <laughs> well, you know, we do need to stimulate the economy, of course. It's a buzz. And, uh, mate, just, I never understood why you couldn't just make more money, just mm. print some off. It's been explained to me why, but... Just do it. How, do we, you, how do we make that happen? Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Heggy, because I'm the, the same. Boys, just bring the mint. Just get the wheels turning. Let's get more money. I know Zimbabwe did it. They overdid it. Okay, so it didn't yeah. work well, they got, Yeah, they got greedy. But it's a, it's a cautionary tale. You know, let's just uh, look at what they did, halve it. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm not talking about billions upon billions. Just 100 here, 100 there. Damn straight. Because when you're printing money, yeah. it's really easy to just stop printing money. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll just stop now. Yeah. Right. What we're going to play the pokies. So I'll just put a little exclusion on myself. Well, she was just like a photocopier. Oh, you just go up and hit the button and there's 100. That's exactly what it is. Just, I mean, just give a little bit to everyone. Don't yeah, be yeah. greedy. Just wrap yeah. up a bunning sausage in an avocado instead of a napkin. <laughs> away you go. Or just a pineapple each and then people get a little bit of money immediately to go and support small businesses such as Bunnings yep. yeah. straight away. Jobs and growth right Interesting. there. Yeah, Interesting. That's what I too. Interesting avocados as currency. That's, that's <laughs> something that could potentially take, take oh, hold. I mean, a, I mean a $100 note as yep. opposed to a, you know, oh, sorry, I'm talking fruits for notes here. Yeah, and this a 50 is, a, is the napkin. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's useless basically you put it in the bin afterwards. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. After wiping your face with it. Yeah, yeah right. wipe your face, buy a tool. Yeah. Um, well, stimulating the economy is important. I mean, there's been all sorts of government programs, particularly during COVID, about stimulation, government stimulation. How can we massage and, mm. and you know, get more out of this economy, get the money flowing? Any other ideas? I mean, you've raised one one good one there, but any, any other thoughts on how well, to stimulate? Yeah, you need to replenish the government coffers, obviously. Uh, they've been spending money left, right and centre. I, I just had money turn up in my account for some reason. <laughs> Nothing. I just go, here you go, Two, 250 because you're a pov. There you go. Spend that yeah. on your family. You go, thanks very much. But Do they send that to you in a I'm text? Or you're yeah. a fucking pov. Here's 250 to fuck off. <laughs> it's, um, one group of people that had it too good for too long is uh, pedestrians. They don't, they don't seem to pay any tax from what I've seen. They're getting a free ride on the dime with Mr. and Mrs. T. Pay. Cost me a fucking fortune to keep my car on the road. What do they pay? Nothing. Not a thing. And, and not a, not so a just pop. a tax on yeah. just being able to walk around in Australia, basically. Use our... To use our footpaths, you must pay a tax. Absolutely. Yeah, all sealed footpaths. walkways. Dirt tracks, they're fine. Yeah, leave them. Crown land, whatever you call it. Yeah. But sealed walkways. And you know what? Oh. You're bloody right here. You've never seen a pothole on a bloody footpath anywhere. No. The, be- the Pedestrians get to walk around on beautiful, smooth concrete. I've got to drive my car on that black stuff. Yuck. <laughs> Just make them out of bitumen. Yeah. Like I do. Your little eight-month-old in a red baby pram costs 800 bucks. Mm. There better not be a fucking pothole there. Who do you think sorting that out? We are. That's right. You're going to fucking fill in your own potholes so your kids can stroll around the inner west and, you know, beautiful surrounds. Yeah. So, so tax pedestrians, so that's good. Now, also as well as a, a man from Barbecue Australia who likes to think he knows what, how the economy works and who has no idea whatsoever, who would you say is a good person that we should be listening to, taking guidance from in these uh, tough times? Oh, there's only one. There's only ever been one, as far as I know, and that's Koshi himself, <laughs> the man with the economic <laughs> advice every morning. And, uh, I mean, 
some cynics might say there's nothing in it for Koshy to share his secrets of, of building massive wealth. Why would you? Hmm. It's like those pricks who write a book on how to write a book. Well, why, <laughs> why would you do that? Here's how you gamble and win, and here's how you win the lottery. Here's how I did it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I'm not having that. I love just accessible economic advice dished out by breakfast TV hosts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I fucking trade in. <laughs> He's a successful self-made man, though, isn't he? I assume that. I don't know his background. He is, yeah. He should... Uh, I mean, he's, he's a man for all seasons as well. He's, he's written that many books, mm. some of them joke books. Yeah. And, um, a lot of them could be blog posts, but stretch them out into a book. Mm. Mm. And also just uh, like just really carefully whistled away bits and pieces of his 800K a year from Channel 7 mm. and just built from the bottom up. So yeah. real Australian success story in my opinion. Yeah, it's just cash yeah. cow, isn't it? Cash cow is just actually a full of cash. <laughs> That's right. And I think he was getting um, Port Adelaide. I think he's the, is he the chairman of Port Adelaide? I think he's or the president. Like? Yeah. President, yeah. yeah, yeah and he yeah, got so them into China as yes, well. Yeah, yeah. Probably he knew, in that knew. as well. Yeah. 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 What do you mean? They play out of China now. Well, they play, I believe, and don't quote me on this, they... Um, I'm quoting you. <laughs> of course you're quoting me, <laughs> as everyone should, with everything I say. Uh, I believe that they, he tried to explore the, the Chinese market, as, as many AFL entrepreneurs have tried to do, because there's mm. unlimited cash in China, as we know. Yeah. Mm. They're just printing it off, surely. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe China. I mean, the rise of China is inevitable. Can we kind of maybe work with China on our economy. I yeah, mean, we're already we... exporting a lot of minerals. Is there anything else we can do with China we'll here? Hit Beijing up for a, a bond or two. Like, oh, that's obviously going to just have them lying around. They're one of the biggest economies in the world. Yeah. They're big fans of Australia at the moment. Can't see why there'd be a problem. First things first, though, we've got to educate them as to why they might enjoy watching Aussie Rules football. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense, but why not? I can't wait for their list of 14 grievances about AFL. Oh, it's yeah. It's going to be fucking captivating, Hold isn't the it? ball rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are many ways to, to sort of, you know, stimulate the economy. And I've, I've said this before, and I will say it again. We need to we need more, find more places to put pokies, <laughs> yep. basically. I think, you know, we should put one on every street corner mm. and uh, activate the lights, cost you a dollar, and have a slap while you're waiting for them to change the little green man. Yeah, I've always thought, like, it's a little bit too restrictive to just have them in clubs. So you think outdoor pokies on, on street corners. For sure. Surely you can make mm. weatherproof ones. I've seen them in beer gardens. They must be weatherproof. Mm. Yeah, I've seen yeah. people play them in the rain. Mm. Yeah. You know, dedicated stalwart <laughs> You can make an athletes. event of it, put a little Aperol spritz umbrella next to it, you know, serve, oh. serve some cocktails. Just a little area to fit your pram. What would you do with your kids while you're at the pokies at the street corner? What, what do they go? Just put them on a leash or what, where are they going to sit? Well, there are four people in my family. We'd probably just... You know, play all four at once. Yeah, or what I usually do when I'm playing on payday is I like play one with one hand and then stick a credit card in the button of another one so I'm simultaneously playing two at once. Right. Okay. I could just get my kids to play another. I'd just be like dominating the whole whole lounge. I'd be playing like four at once. Well, they need to learn Helping early the economy. how to play the fucking things. That's they, right. Like it's confusing to your average judge. They, they become adults, 18, straight to the VIP lounge. I don't know what's going on. What's yeah. the difference between an iPad and the fucking where's the gold? Nothing. Nothing. There's maths. I don't know, but there should be a year 11 elective on that. There's denominations. There's, you know, sums that need to be done. And there's the chance to win money. Yeah. I mean, these people, (laughs) they go to school mathematics for 12 years and still can't figure out all the crisscross stuff on a pokey. What's happened? Have a go. High yield stocks and bonds, offshore investment, derivatives, Nasdaq's down, three points in trading, 
Mining titties, cost of living. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. If you are so confident about your view of fight back, why won't you call an early election? The answer is, mate, because I want to do you slowly. I want to do you slowly. Do you slowly. Mate, we like to have a bit of fun here, but it's hard to crack a smile when Australia's on the fritz, isn't it? <laughs> sure is, especially when it comes to the buck. There's no bigger deal than the buck. That's right. Um, so you might have been listening to this podcast and heard a couple of ads for the Better Australia movement. Mm. Um, we haven't formalised a political party, but we are in some discussions around doing such. Mm. We're canvassing um, for pre-selection, so if you're um, interested and you have like-minded ideals, get in touch. So we thought with that in mind, we should probably lay out an economic policy. Definitely. For the Better Australia movement. Yep. Um, so in this segment, we'll take a couple of ideas, a couple of mm. burning issues facing the economy at the moment, and maybe make some suggestions based yep. on our policy platform. So for me, I'll start. One of the biggest concerns at the moment, mm. mate, is around employment yes. or underemployment, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. I saw a quote from Josh Frydenberg, the treasurer, mm-hmm. the other day, and yep. he said basically that if you sort jobs, the economy will look after itself. And that mm. sounds pretty good to me. Bloody oath. So we just need people in jobs. Yep. We just need people fronting up, doesn't matter what it is, and then we need to clip that tax off them yep. and put it towards things. <laughs> So it's only going to get worse because companies are deploying robots and AI yes. to do the jobs that traditionally humans used to do, just mm. that mind-numbing, inefficient work. But yep. put food on the table yep, for families right. all around Australia. So my first move would be to immediately defund all research and development into technology <laughs> because technology is stealing jobs. Simple as that, mate. <laughs> I don't want robots replacing humans and I want to be able to offer tax relief to all employers Okay. Yep. Um, who hire someone to do a menial job. So I'll give you one example. Yep. So here in Australia, we're building a new motorway basically every week. Yes. Like literally every single day, there's a state premier cutting a ribbon. Yes. Um, announcing a new motorway that's you know going to shave 10 minutes off a commute yes. <laughs> to a job that doesn't exist. Yes. Uh, so my first move would be to scrap the e-tag yep. and reintroduce tollway operators. Yeah, yeah. So, and I would even do that for infrastructure that's been long paid off. Okay. So yes. even little bridges that go over a little lake yes. that never had a toll, yes. um, we'll, we'll chuck one in. You could do it everywhere, couldn't you? So you, you, we could even put them where there's not a toll. You could put them on footpaths. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And we just need people surveying the footpaths, um, you know, just taking fake money from fake uh, fake pedestrians and fake drivers. Yeah. Like, I mean, the e-tag is lauded for its efficiency. Yeah. Um, but it's a little known fact that it was, um, you know, it's put hundreds of thousands of Australians out of job. Yeah, it has. It has. And so let's bring back toll operators. Let's, you know, it'll cause traffic chaos, yeah. no doubt. Um, productivity will take a hit, but it, we just got to get people back in jobs. That's right, and we'll be back in the black. Back get in rid the black. of the get rid of the e tag. Get Australia back in the black. I want blokes in those little cosy cubicles, you know, <laughs> fumbling over change. Yep, and making me late for meetings. <laughs> long term, forty year employees just building up their long service leave, just bridging their way to retirement. Yeah, just giving scant regard to drivers, not even making eye contact yeah. on forty five grand a year. 
get rid of the egg tag. It'll solve a lot of things. You got any suggestions? Mate? I certainly do, mate. Now I'm going to put that one up on the whiteboard because yep. I'm not. That doesn't even need discussion. That's in. Uh, I don't know if you remember for a few years back in the Rudd and Gillard administration, but the super profits tax on the mining industry yeah. at the time. How can it was, I forget? It was a good idea. It was a, it was a good idea in theory, but then it was just run out of town by the big players, wasn't it? But I think we need to think about that again uh, and hit a, hit another major industry. So I was thinking maybe apply it to Sydney's cocaine trade. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be a bit complex. I mean, these guys don't usually have ABNs or lodge tax returns. Not usually. I've never seen one with an ABN. I've no, never asked for one. No, not no, me neither. And I, I, I don't know how we're going to do that, but we'll leave that up to the subcommittee. But I, I just yep. think that there's such a, a huge amount of revenue there that we need to be tapping into uh, to get the country back on its feet. So, uh, But as I said, the only thing we need to be, be aware of is the, the inevitable backlash that will come from the industry. Yep. Um, so just like the mining companies did, there will be some kind of sustained advertising campaign yeah. in, in opposition Have to this. Have they unionised? The dealers? <laughs> I, I, I would think so. Yeah, I would yeah. think so. You wouldn't hear much about it, but uh, I'm certainly uh, I'm certain that they would. But so basically, we're going to be under attack, okay, yeah. from an advertising campaign. Now, it won't be through your sort of. Um, they've got deep pockets as well, that industry. They do. A lot and of cash because they're not paying any tax. So no, they've got a lot of muscle on the, on the periphery as well that yeah. you don't really know about. <laughs> but but uh, so we're going to have to watch out for the advertising. Now, it won't be on TV and radio. It'll just be like a mass marketing via text messages <laughs> from unknown numbers between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. weekends. So if we can just... Yeah. Uh, with Which has been proven to be more effective, effective than uh, traditional advertising. That's right. So if we can withstand that, there's a lot of uh, money there to be, um, to be put in, back into to the coffers. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, that's a great suggestion. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got another one. So this is mainly to solve the cost of living dilemma, which we're always mm-hmm. hearing about. Mm-hmm. It's a big problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's getting out of control, you know, rent, mortgage, school fees, avocado. <laughs> so one way we could solve the cost of living... I think, is to encourage just intergenerational share housing. Okay. So this would also have the twin benefit of solving the housing crisis as well. Yes, yes. So, mate, the, the obsession for a nuclear family in Australia has gotten just beyond a joke. Yeah. I mean, we we all selfishly want to own this little patch of land mm. um, to house our immediate family. I mean, mm. I, I'm guilty of it myself. Mm. But it uh, is a sickness, isn't it? It's a sickness. But yeah. why can't three generations of Australians live in a sub 100 metre squared apartment? <laughs> like... Think of how much wisdom would be passed down to the next generation. Oh, that would yeah, exactly. So, so we're actually, it, would, it could actually um, fix the skills shortage, and it would solve the aged care crisis as well because families would be looking after families. Yeah. So I'm solving about three burning issues in one. Yep, and we can figure out the rest from there. Yeah, I mean, I haven't costed this out, but just think about it: mm. getting multi generational Australians under one roof. Yeah, yep. think so, of the flow and effects that has in yep. multiple levels. So all the kids are in one bedroom. Yep, uh, you got mum and dad in another bedroom. No privacy. No, and then no lock. On bathrooms and then it's just decaying in the sunroom. Yep. Okay. Cool. All yep. right. Now that sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, we'll put that one down and um, uh, funnel that off to Josh Frydenberg. Uh, again, I'm just going to chuck out just a couple of quick dot points. Mm. Um, we need to talk about investment. Okay, we've got a big economy. We need to put the money somewhere where we're going to get a yep. bit of ROI. Uh, so I'm thinking we need to invest uh, the nation's superannuation stocks in some kind of long-term option, uh, strong long-term options, probably like uh, maybe crypto or Kino. Kino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe also we can um, stimulate the economy with some grants to the arts sector, uh, <laughs> mainly to the podcast industry, yeah. uh, mainly to get less people to do them. Screaming out for that, aren't they, the industry? <laughs> yeah. Stop us. That's right. Please if, stop. Exactly. And if that doesn't work, then we'll just shift the Treasury to Bermuda to avoid our own tax regulations. Yeah. Because okay. I think they're pretty steep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a great suggestion. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more. So just on the kind of, I guess this is also cost of living related. So 
maybe when you go to the counter at like Woolies or Coles or whatever, you have to show your gross income to the person at the checkout. <laughs> and then a discount or an increase is applied depending on how much you make. So it's kind of means tested. Yep, yep. So if, say someone who works in high finance, yes. maybe like an investment banker or whatever, they might buy 200 bucks worth of weekly groceries. But yep. then, you know, because they're on one mil plus bonuses, mm. you know, they'd have to pay a thousand okay, for that yep. two hundred dollar batch yep. of groceries. And the yep. same would apply for, you know, someone who's on forty five K. Yep. Um, as a copywriter. You know, they get that same batch of groceries, <laughs> it's only forty bucks. Okay. So I think this will work itself out. I'm sure that no one will be rorting this. It wouldn't have a negative impact on small business at all. Not at all. And I'll get the boys to run the numbers. But yep. I'm thinking let's just means test this out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's no way there's going to be – I can't see tax write-offs taking over that at all. But no. what do we, I think we could call it like an elites tariff. Yeah. Yeah. Or Something, some, it's got to be catchy, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's got to demonise a subsect of society <laughs> in some way. And it needs to be so um, wordy and, and vague that no one really understands what they're being taxed for. Yeah. yeah. It's all about a fair go for the who have a go. This is the best have country in the world in which to work hard. Work hard. Yes. Yes.